Hello, and welcome to episode 87 of the Medical Device Success Podcast and Videocast. I am Ted Newell, your host. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. A couple of weeks ago, we had a record week of um, podcast. I guess you could say, I want to say viewership. I want to talk like I'm on TV, but it's really listenership. So I really do appreciate the support and the fact that many of you are sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. It could be because of the episodes related to artificial intelligence, which have been very popular and are very interesting. They're great stories. And obviously, artificial intelligence has a long way to go um, in terms of the impact it's going to have on healthcare and med tech, which is great. Um, We also have more coming up on value-based care uh, that are very interesting as well. So uh, those episodes will continue. Today, we're going to divert a little bit, and we're going to talk about a potentially powerful new kind of content that could enhance your marketing and your sales efforts, and I'm going to walk you through that today. Now, as usual, if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend, and you can just use the share link on the podcast um, application that you use, whether it's Apple or Spotify or something else. Um, Just use the share link share it with a friend. I do appreciate the support. And I've got some slides I'm going to share. So I will try to get this episode up on the YouTube channel very quickly. I know I'm not very good at (laughs) maintaining the YouTube channel, but that's because podcasting is so powerful. And YouTube is, while it's powerful, and we'll talk about that more in a minute, more people listen than they view. So that gives my preference to podcasting. Anyway, again, We're going to talk today about a potentially powerful new kind of content, and it's called narrow podcasting, narrow podcasting. So let's go right to the slides. I will share my screen and we'll start working on this because it is a very interesting subject. So a little housekeeping up front. I want to say that I'm not promoting myself as a podcast producer other than this podcast that you are listening to. I do not produce podcasts as a business. I'm a consultant and fairly busy at the moment. Happy to give some people advice on uh, podcasts or move you to a podcast producer. I don't use a podcast producer, but I know people that do. In fact, um, the person that sort of motivated me to make this podcast is a podcast producer. Um, So, And I'm not making any money from the book I will mention in a minute. I will try to get the author on as a guest in the future because he's really onto something, I think, this whole subject matter of narrow podcasting. Now, I am the host of the MedTech Leaders Community, and it's a place where MedTech professionals just like yourself get together to help each other out with best practices, ideas, solutions, and success. Uh, They're supported by subject matter experts that we have in the different types of events and leader events. Uh, Frequently, you hear me with a podcast called In the C-Suite Series. Uh, Those are the leaders that also participate in the community. And you can learn more about it at medtechleaders.net. It does have a cost. It's about the same cost as four cups of artisanal coffee uh, per year. So it's really not that expensive. Uh, but that keeps the spammers out. That's the MedTech Leaders community. Now, obviously, you are a podcast listener because you're listening to me right now. 
And there's a lot of different kinds of podcasts because this my podcast is probably not the only podcast that you listen to. You might listen to micro podcasts that are five to 10 minutes long. I listen to a few of those. Uh, regular podcasts can be 20 to 60 minutes or more long. I listen to some of those. There are private corporate podcasts, and you may listen to one of those if you work for a large company. Uh, they're corporate-wide. They could be functional, related to a certain function within the corporation, or it could be, like I said a minute ago, corporate-wide, where perhaps the CEO or the COO is trying to share some, share some information with the employees of a large corporation. There's, of course, public corporate podcasts. That's where a corporation is trying to explain something about themselves and or market their products. And now there is narrow podcasting, which is a little bit like narrow casting, which is more of in the realm of video production, but this is related to podcasting. Now, as you all know, the dominant content, and this is the next slide, the dominant content for most medtech are e-newsletters, blog posts, white papers, promotional videos, educational videos, and webinars. That's what you see most of the time if you go to somebody's website and or if you subscribe to their information. This is the information you get from them. Few medtech companies use podcasts to support their marketing or sales efforts. So what is narrow podcasting? And it's a term that seems to have been coined by Toby Goodman, who just authored the book, Narrow Podcasting. And his book and his website will be in the show notes. Toby is the CEO of the Blueberry Pro Production Unit, which is part of the Blueberry Podcast Hosting Organization, which I use because I think they're terrific. There are a lot of good podcast hosting organizations out there, but Blueberry has been around since the beginning of time. They've really modernized themselves recently. I think they're a terrific um, organization. And I listen to their podcast every week, which is where I learned about Toby and this whole concept of narrow podcasting. And I really think he's onto something. And like I said before, I will try to have him on as a guest. Right now, he's probably pretty popular, but who knows? I've gotten some pretty popular authors on so far, so maybe I can get him on as well. Now, the idea of narrow podcasting is that the content is aimed at a very specific group of people. So, for example, pulmonary nurses. I cannot find a podcast for this nursing specialty. So, and I'm going to use them for, as an example later on in the podcast. But that's a very narrow group of people. And within pulmonary nurses, there might be even a more narrow group of those kinds of nurses that really specialize in certain areas of respiratory care. Another example could be orthopedic surgeons out of Canada. You know, maybe they have a little bit of different issues than American orthopedic surgeons and different ways that they handle certain kinds of problems they may be presented with different kinds of cases, but that would be a very narrow group of people. Or how about the healthcare professionals in a distributor's or an independent rep's territory? So let's say it's a, um, ortho, since we talked about orthopedic surgeons a minute ago, let's say it's an orthopedic distributor for the state of Florida. 
that distributor, he or she would have a very narrow group of potential listeners that they might want to reach out to. And so if I go to the next slide, this is what's important. The podcast goal is not to grow into widely consumed media. Of course, initial growth is important because you want people to start consuming the podcast, but widespread growth is not the goal. You know, for me, growth is somewhat important because it indicates the value of what I'm trying to share with everybody. But as you know, I have not had any advertising yet. I do have some people interested, but I just haven't gotten around to all the work, the contracts and all that stuff that's necessary to accept a, um, a sponsor. So for me, growth is just a mainly a, a response to what my effort and it's a way for me to know that I'm making a difference. The next bullet on this slide is that very different rules apply to defining success, which is a little bit of what we're talking about right now, the consumption and the fact that the influence is in a very narrow specialty. And the subject matter, which is the next bullet, <clears throat> means that you want to follow good content rules. So the content rules that you should follow for your blogs, for your e-newsletters, and so on, they should not change. You want to provide content that helps your customers or other stakeholders succeed that are related to your products. And that can be overall success uh, for that particular specialty, not necessarily related to your product or your service, but just their overall success. Because if they appreciate the fact that you're trying to help them with their success, they'll appreciate you as a company. Now, the next side is why should podcasts be considered? And for the same reasons, they are so popular across the world. And you and over a thousand people listen to one of my podcasts this week. You are already a podcast listener. So I am preaching to the choir a little bit here. But the reason, if you think about it, and I want you to think about why you consume podcasts and don't think that you're just different because lots of people listen to podcasts, as you will soon hear, because your customers are listening too. And we'll get to that in a minute. But podcasts, they're easy to consume. People consume much of their content via smartphones these days, and it's the perfect technology for podcasts. And while smartphones have contributed to a boom in video, there's no question, for medtech, long video consumption is not that great. We go to the next slide here, and we talk about video is powerful, but podcasts have several advantages. So I'm not trying to talk you out of video. The video that you have at your website is important. The video of your webinars, the video of how to use your product, the video that promotes your product, all the educational videos, all that's very important. But podcasts have several advantages. They can be consumed almost anywhere. They can be consumed on multiple platforms. They have longer engagement times. I'm not sure why. It, it could be the listening venue. For example, um, the data shows that a lot of people listen to podcasts when they exercise, when they're on the treadmill. Difficult to watch a video when you're on a treadmill. I know some people try, but it's not that easy. Can't watch a video when you're driving. I listen to at least two of my podcasts while I'm driving during the week. Multiple devices and smaller devices are great for podcasts. 
they require less specialized skills to consume. And even though a little bit of that is moving your finger around a screen to control the video or the podcast, still a podcast is easy to control and they're easier to produce. You don't need a video studio. So while you may have spent 10 or $15,000 on that marketing video that you produced, the podcast, you can produce, well, my gear costs me around $200. And I know that you'll see people on YouTube, on LinkedIn and so on. And it looks like they're in these fancy studios for their podcasts and they have these fancy microphones and everything that's not required. Um, and I'm proof of that right here. It takes time. That's the difference. It does take time. Now your customers, this is the next slide. Your customers are probably already listeners. So that's another plus you've got going here. 28% of Americans are weekly podcast listeners. 73% of the U.S. population has listened to a podcast in the past month. And more Americans listen to podcasts than have Netflix accounts. All ages listen to podcasts, even those over 55-year-old, like me. You know, one-fourth of Americans in this age group listen to podcasts monthly. I'm way ahead of that. And then international podcasts are also very popular. In some countries, listener growth is higher than the U.S. So it is very likely that many people in your market are already podcast listeners. Now let's go to the length and frequency of a podcast. You know, podcast lengths, you've listened to a lot of different types of podcasts. So have I. Half of them are between 20 and 60 minutes. And for some reason, it seems like my shorter podcasts are not more popular than my longer podcasts. I thought they would be, but they're not. And it could be a matter of venue. I mean, when somebody gets locked into their drive, they got the podcast on, they're just going to listen to it. Or if they're on the treadmill, they're going to listen to it. Um, and, but length may not matter for narrow podcasting. The concept of narrow, narrow podcasting, length may not have any role to play in um, what is a good or a bad length for that podcast. Now, when it comes to frequency, for me, you know, it's important to have almost a, a weekly podcast because people that subscribe to podcasts like mine or, uh, or listen to a podcast like mine, people like you, um, typically want something consistently. You're looking for something that you can look into every week to see if it's interesting for you. And maybe one of my podcasts is interesting. And the next time I have a subject matter that's not interesting and you skip it. But you tend to check in on a weekly basis. For narrow podcasting, it could be far less frequent. It could be every two weeks or every month, maybe every two months. Um, because the, the way that you provide it, which we'll get into in a minute, the way you provide it to your customers or to your market or to your stakeholders is going to be a little bit different. <clears throat> so logistically, this is the next slide. An easy way to start is to convert some of your videos or parts of your videos into podcasts. Done. You've already invested in them. Use them as a podcast. And let me tell you a little story 
there was a another media company that was regularly producing blog posts and the blog posts were also part of the their video effort and they were somewhat happy with the response they were getting to their blogs and to their videos over a period of time and they thought they were doing okay the week that they turned past blogs and videos into podcasts they more than quadrupled the audience more than quadrupled the audience because they had moved it the medium to podcasts they took content they already had and they turned it into a podcast it's just a weird thing it, what people want to listen to and where people have time to listen but they don't have time to read and they don't have time to watch a video on a computer or some other device but they will listen so an easy way to start is to convert some of the videos or parts of the videos that you have into podcasts. As I said before, the equipment is not that expensive. If you're converting videos or parts of videos, you just need software and you need the file from whoever produced the video for you. But I use Camtasia. It's a couple hundred dollars a year. And I can plug my video in there. I take the Zoom video, which I'm doing right now. I plug it into Camtasia and I can edit it very easily. So that's not expensive. The actual podcast equipment, if you're going to do it yourself, is not expensive. You know, this, like I said, the microphone setup that I have, the light that I have, and so on, all for less than $200. Uh, the subscription to the podcast um, hosting company like Blueberry is not that expensive, you know, $20, $25 a month. And that gets you statistics that you can then evaluate to see how popular your podcast is or what kind of um, listenership you're getting, how much of the podcasts are listening to. That's not that expensive. You don't need a foam padded studio to do this. Um, you just, you know, the, the most important thing is to do it is to just pull the plug and, and do it. Um, so equipment, support materials, not that expensive. Editing. Now that can be time consuming. I do it myself and I spend up to eight hours a week with my podcast workflow. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but it is consuming, time consuming. I sort of enjoy it. I do it myself. I don't have a media company helping me. However, it is not that expensive to contract out production. There are a lot of people on programs like Fiverr or um, other organizations that do podcast, podcasting production, and they do it inexpensively and professionally. And so again, editing can be time consuming, but it's not that expensive. Another thing in logistics is that you want to link the podcast to your contact information in your CRM. So just like you should be watching how often contacts go to your website. That should be linked to your CRM. You should also link that part of your website related to the podcast to the CRM so you can see if people are listening and who they are. That could be very important in terms of uh, stakeholder or customer or prospect development. And then you got to be patient. You know, commit to this for a year, even if it's once a month or once every couple months. Really commit to it. Watch the data. 
get feedback from people before you make any decisions about continuing it or discontinuing it. I think you'll find it's pretty successful. What do you do about podcast content? Now, this is the next slide. Um, one is that you can provide through your podcast professional guidance, interviews with experts in the particular area of your products, interviews with customers who give tips on product usage. Customers love to be involved in, in um, programs, uh, product usage and advice and updates. And then ask your customers, what would they like to hear? Get some voice of the customer involved here. You can make it a very customer-centric, stakeholder-centric type of program that is a lot of fun. Then how do you promote your podcast? Your website, along with your other content, that's where you're going to put your podcast, and out to your database. If you already have a database, it costs you nothing to send them uh, an e-newsletter or an e-blast that indicates that you have a podcast that they can listen to and the subject matter of that podcast. So the minute you produce that podcast, you send an e-blast out to your database. Digital micromarketing. You know, if there's a certain digital area that's powerful, maybe the stakeholders that you're trying to promote your product and or services to belong to a particular uh, Facebook group. Maybe you can promote it there. Um, or you can do digital micromarketing directly to Facebook users that have shown an interest in this particular area or on LinkedIn um, or on other potential digital micromarketing uh, sites, Twitter, and so on. Your sales team, that's my fourth bullet. Your sales team can be out promoting the concept to prospects and customers. Hey, there's some great tips in this. You might want to listen to this particular podcast or this person spoke the other day on our podcast. You might want to uh, listen in on this. So there's great ways you can promote this uh, podcast that really don't cost you any money at all. And then let me just, let's use it as an example, pulmonary nurses. This is, I believe is my last slide, but I want to wrap this up. No, I guess I do have a wrap up slide, but I want to use the example of pulmonary nurses. So, Let's say you have a product, pulmonary product. Okay, so you have interviews with pulmonary subject matter experts on important issues. It could be physician KOLs. It can be nursing KOLs. It can be society leaders. It can be uh, technical leaders that are known for being really good at um, using certain technologies to assist in pulmonary care issues. Uh, you can have interviews with customers about product integration about the workflows that they incorporate to take care of patients and, and so on. And then you could convert some of your videos into podcasts. We talked about that. You can have a podcast that's basically on product use training. And then you can mix in some short product updates. So um, those are some of the ways, as an example, of using pulmonary nurses um, as a potential very narrow podcasting market, these are the, some of the things you could do. And I guarantee you, you look at this uh, list of five bullets that I have laid out here, you could be busy for far more than a year uh, making these uh, podcasts in support of your stakeholders, your prospects, your customers, and so on. So 
just to wrap things up, it doesn't hurt to try. As I've emphasized several times during this episode, it's not a big investment financially. It really requires elbow grease, which for my international listeners, that means effort. It requires some effort. Elbow grease is just your own effort. And it can be a lot of fun um, to get to know the subject matter experts, the key opinion leaders, and the customers you meet along the way. Thanks for listening in today. There's a lot of information here. Um, Hopefully you enjoy the slides. If you don't really have the time to go to uh, the YouTube channel, don't hesitate to ask me for the slides. I'll be glad to send you a PDF of the slides. So if you ask for a PDF because you need to sell it up to your management, you know, I'll be glad to get those to you. And again, thanks for listening in today. I hope this was helpful. I think it is a powerful new kind of content for MedTech. Put it to use. Now go win your week. Your week.